Good evening. Today is November 1st, and we're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is step four, and our speaker tonight is Jen A. Thank you, Jen A. <laughs> Thank you, Sherry, <laughs> for hosting. Um, yeah, hi, I'm Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from uh, Littleton, Colorado, where it does snow, so I'm ready to go in my Bags are not packed yet, but they will be with my fashionable items for LA um, and uh, my ball gown. No, I'm just kidding. We don't do any of that. Bring your glow sticks um, and your your good dancing clothes because that's what we do at OA birthday. Um, the first time I was ever at an event and this gentleman stood up in front and announced that there was his birthday party. And I thought, are you freaking kidding me? Like who goes to a birthday party? Um, don't you all like refrain from eating cake? Like I get it. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, I'm so excited to be back in person. So I hope to meet you all there in person. Um, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to meet my sponsees in person. That'll be really fun too. Um, in asking, um, about four or five hours ago, if I would share tonight, <laughs> um, I was like, sure, I'm coming to the meeting. Why not? Um, what a privilege and an honor to, uh, share on step four, um, as a compulsive overeater, um, this searching and fearless moral inventory of myself um, started uh, first when I first started going through the steps. And guess what? It's never ended. I'm always searching and fearless, um, looking at uh, my character defects, um, my um, characteristics that have gone astray. Um, people look at it. Um, he talks about it in the 12 and 12 Bill does as the creation for instinct. Um, you know, these are God-given instincts. So God, higher power, whatever spirit of the universe, whatever you believe in, gave you these God-given instincts. And um, the instinct, I don't know if he gave you before you came here, was um, the instinct to eat. And um, I had that instinct to eat too. And I don't know why it's not letting me. It does. Oh, here we go. It doesn't like, I don't know. We'll see if it'll let me. Oh, okay. I downloaded a new version of Zoom. So it won't let me show you my pictures. But my God-given instincts to eat started at age eight. I, that's the first time I remember um, I ate all the way through um, elementary school, lying, babysitting, stealing from people into junior high. Um, and then I finally got a job and was able to buy my own food, went to college and over eight, gained um, the freshman 50 in the first semester. Yeah, come home and try and take that off, right? Because um, I was able to hide it my whole life, swimming. Um, I was a competitive swimmer from age eight all the way to 18. But when you stop um, moving around and exercising, guess what happens? Came home, decided to overeat um, or overexercise from overeating. And um, so it got a little crazy. And then I went down the scale, up the scale. And that's when the yo-yo dieting started. Um, exercising, eating, binging, purging, you name it. I've done it. Pills, potions, the whole nine yards. I, I have experience. Um, there pretty much isn't anything that I don't have experience with, except for last night in the Halloween candy. I've never had caramel M&Ms. I'm just going to say I feel cheated. <laughs> They're going through their Halloween candy. And I'm like, I've never had that. And then the next part of me says, and I don't miss it because this wonderful and fabulous life um, today that I have is worth it. And, uh, you know, I came to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, just like you all, desperate, um, dying, um, 
I don't know about you, but I was not willing to do the work or what was required and necessary that's outlined in these books because they weren't put in front of me. So if you don't have these books, the um, Alcoholics Anonymous, the big book is definitely recommended. Um, the AA 12 and 12, I just took my cover off. Um, how do you understand this archaic reading and all these big fancy words? Um, we'll put this in the chat, the little 12 and 12 dictionary and the little big book dictionary. These are really good resources because they tell you every stinking word, where it's found, how many times. That's why you hear people on the line say, and this is in the big book, blah, blah, blah times, you know, because that's where we get our knowledge is from these great resources. And I'm glad I have all that today, but I didn't find it until I had hit my bottom and was really desperate. Um, my bottom was in a back alleyway. Um, I had dieted, exercised, and starved myself over and over again and was still going to Overeaters Anonymous meetings. Yes, still sitting in these rooms. Um, you guys called it dieting with group support. I call it exercising, binging, and restricting, and I was anorexic, throwing up outside of the door and um, the toothbrush in my hand, and uh, you know I just couldn't stop. So whether it's overeating or undereating that you do, that's why we're all here, right? We all came here on the same losing streak. Um, but the best part is, is we all get to be winners in this program and we all get to experience the miracle. And how does the miracle happen? The miracle happens as a result of the power greater than ourself that's going to restore me to sanity. So I admit my life is powerless and un I'm powerless and my, my life is unmanageable. I come to believe that there's something bigger than me. I don't care what it is. I, the powers that be, it just can't be something that I used to believe in because that wasn't working for me when I got here. I served in church ministry. I prayed to a God. I went to church. I owned Bibles, books. Um, you know, I, I knelt, I stood, I did everything they told me to do. And I still was overweight and still miserable. So a new conception, right? Um, choose your own conception. That's why I love this meeting. You get to choose what works for you. And my um my conception of God has changed over time. I will just say that the more and more I become consciousness of the state of God and the power that he has in my life, he becomes bigger and better. So it's kind of cool. I, I like the transcendence um, and the transformation. And then step three, um, you know, I got to give it over to God. And um, I do this one, two, three all the time. And I do it, I will just tell you before I do this inventory process, um, because it helps me to remember I'm powerless over the person, place, or institution. Um, only God is going to restore me to a right way of thinking around this. Um, so I turn it over to him. I put it in a box. I put a bow on it. I put on a silver platter. I lift it up into the love and the light. It's off on the conveyor belt. And I don't ever want to see it again. God, it's all yours. And so then what can I do? I can look at my part. So in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 64 is where we start off with this fearling and fearless and certain the fearless fact-finding fact-facing fearless and moral inventory of ourselves that's a lot of efforts they're all good efforts though okay <laughs> so um step four um and i'm going to go back and forth between the 12 and 12 and um and alcoholic synonymous the big book so just bear with me but on um 64 um it says we're going to discover the truth i don't know about you guys but i don't know what the truth is I can't see the truth. I can't distinguish the truth from the false. That's what the big book says. I'm a liar. I lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, negotiate. Um, you name it, I'll do it to get my way. Um, I will run you over and back you up with a Mack truck. Like that's how I used to operate. 
Um, so here I'm going to look and see like, okay, so what's, what's bugging me? What's up with you, Jennifer, that's irritating you. That's making you unhappy. That's frustrating you. Um, you know, I'm not getting my way. Um, and so I'm going to look at this now in the back of the 12 and, uh, 12 and 12 on page number, um, 54, I want to read the conclusion first. Because it says, therefore, on 54, thoroughness ought to be the watchword when taking inventory. This, In this connection, it is wise to write out our questions and answers. It will be an aid to clear thinking and an honest appraisal. It will be the first tangible evidence of our complete willingness to move forward. So thoroughness to me, I wrote, is like, I need to exhaustively complete this painstakingly and accurate to the best of my human ability for where I'm at today. I continue to do four steps. I continue to do 10 steps in inventory, but this is just the start. And, you know, if you've already done your first inventory or whatever, and you're doing 10 steps, maybe just apply what you hear today out of the big book and the 12 and 12 um, to your practice and ask yourself, you know, am I, am I doing this? Am I fearless? Am I thorough? Um, am I complete? Um, I write out pages of inventory now. I don't stick to the 15 words or less anymore. Um, I do stick to the columns. I do stick to what's outlined, but I need to get it all out. I need to get it all out of my brain, get it down on paper, turn it over to somebody else so that God can remove the defective character that's standing in the way of my usefulness um, to my fellows. So um, basically it says here back um, on page number 42, it says, I have a desire for sex relation, material and emotional security, companionship, and these are necessary and right and God-given. However, um, how I tend to look at it um, is that God gave me, like I said, these characteristics. And I overuse them, underuse them, misuse them, or I don't use them at all. And so that's how the characteristics and his creation has gone, you know, arise. Like, I'm a hot freaking mess. And why does it do that in the normal person? Well, I have the allergy in my body. I can't let things go. My son always laughs at me when I like make fun of somebody's driving and get irritated with people. He's like, mom, who cares? Like, let that shit go. And I'm always like, oh, I wish I could do that. Right. Or my boyfriend who just like was sitting in the hot tub and he just rants about something and he rants. And then I go, oh, okay. And then I'm thinking, what's going to change? And he doesn't even care. He just moves on. I'm like, oh God, I got to do one through 12 on that. Like today, Lita heard me say like, okay, what's going on with me? I had a pretty exhaustive day at work. Guess who's going to be writing inventory on my director? Because she pissed me off. She irritated me. She's getting under my skin. She's the pee under the mattress. She's the thorn under my saddle. You know, if I rolled my eyes at her, if I, you know, wanted to gossip about her, if I said anything to her face, if I said anything in my head or I said something to somebody else, it's a resentment and I got to look at it. So the inventory is broken down quite nicely in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, it tells me at the bottom of 64, what am I going to do? It says, I am going to deal with them on paper. I can't express to you guys enough how important this has been for me. I know a lot of people do this stuff in their head or, you know, I don't know, but I write everything. I put pen to paper and I love how, how Bill says that at the very end. Um, I have a format in which I use, call it a worksheet, call it a piece of paper. I put the columns down exactly how they're outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I do it exactly like the inventory is written here. I don't skip anything. 
Um, so my first column is who am I resentful at? My example. So I'm going to take you kind of through the one I just did over the weekend. Um, so the example is that I'm irritated at my boyfriend, Joe. And um, the exact reason why I'm angry, and I write down adjectives. Bill says we say things like we say what we think of people. I think he's preoccupied. I think he's thoughtless. And I think he's self-absorbed. Um, and I'm irritated with him. And why am I? I'm going to tell you my reasons why. He left me. Huh, I just had surgery three weeks ago. And so after surgery, he left me to go with his boys um, to Wyoming to a memorial service for his aunt. He left me. Did you hear that? Okay. Um, and then in parentheses, I put to myself, um, I chose to stay home, physically couldn't do it and needed to recover. Um, uh, he's busy at work. Even though he just had surgery, he was at the hospital at my front door. Like I'm telling you guys all this, so you kind of get the gist. The third thing I'm irritated about is that his boys are back again. And he, now he's leaving for Montana. Like he freaking left me again, you guys. Um, and so I just want you to know it's my choice to stay home and I'm recovering from major surgery. This is how batshit crazy we are as addicts, right? Oh, I'll just say I am crazy. Um, and I want to spend time with my daughter. She had surgery the day before I had two major surgeries on the couch, please, Jennifer. So I'm pissed off at him. No quality time, no intimate time and cuddling. And I'll just say no sex. Let's just say the organs below were affected by the surgery. You can do your own um, up here. So on the trip, he was preoccupied. He didn't have time for meaningful conversation. He's with his kids. Come on, Jen, right? Um, I didn't have meaningful conversation. I didn't get to share my cool job experience with him. He never asked about me. And then he came home and spent 15 minutes with me and left again. Oh, okay. You got it. Like I do more than 15 words or less because I need to know exactly why. And the person I'm doing inventory needs to know why. Now here's my adjective for myself. I'm needy. Okay. So you guys heard the true and blue. So we go on, you're going to follow along in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's telling you on page 65, the next column you're going to look at is how it affects my, this impact that it has on my life is how it affects my self-esteem, my insecurity, my ambitions, my personal relationship, my pride, my pocketbook, my sex relations. They're all written down. And then I go and I ask myself questions to kind of jog my memory as to why, right? Um, why does it affect my pride and my self-esteem? Well, I want to be seen as important as his boys are. I should be equally treated with time, affection, everything as his, as his children. I'm dating him. I'm his girlfriend. Okay. 14 months security. I need what I need to be in order to be okay. I always think of security. My um, sponsor said this, whatever is in your house that keeps you secure, the foundation, the water, the plumbing, um, the electricity, um, the food, these are security things. And I put, I need, this is, this is how crazy, this is all this craziness. I need a certain amount of time in order to be okay and treated a certain way. You see, I have this long list of preferences on how I want to be treated and how people should show up in relationships with me, whether it's work or in Overeaters Anonymous or um, a boyfriend or my daughter or, or just a person down the street. I have a list of preferences. Five minutes remaining. Thank you. Um, wow, that goes by really fast, <laughs> right? Um, ambitions. I want to be shown that I matter, that I'm needed and that I'm loved. And my personal relations is that, um, it makes me cold with him. It makes me cold with his boys. It made me short with my daughter and impatient with myself. 
So then I'm going to go on to the next column. Oh, no, 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 no. There's a pause in between there. And for me, I have this written here because it's the sick man's prayer. And if you go in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Anonymous in order, you'll see that the sick man's prayer is on 67. And I'm really big about praying that sick man's prayer for each and every person that I do inventory with, even when I'm doing a four-step for the first time. I ask my sponsees before they continue to write in column four that they say the sick man's prayer. Because although I didn't like Joe and his symptoms and the way they disturb me, he is sick too. So I need God to show me the same tolerance, pity, and patience that I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. And when he offended me, I said to myself, God save me from being angry. Thy will not mine be done. Move on. Cover the page. Don't look back on the person. God put you put this person in your life to show you where you're at, Jennifer Marie. That's the only reason. Let them go. Don't hold them hostage anymore. Tear the page, turn it, block it. I don't care. And then I'm going to look at me. I'm going to look at how I hold my hand in the fire in this situation. Why am I so stinking upset over this? I put all my eggs in his basket. I prefer to be loved and treated a certain way. I presume he doesn't feel this and he feels that. I'm able to bend and flex. I'm choosing not to text because I knew he was busy at the boys. You hear me? I'm manipulative in my own relationship with him. I'm fixed on our way of life and how it's been. I'm not accepting he's a single dad. And that guess what? I recently just had surgery. I got to look at my, me too. I'm being selfish. These are all I statements, right? Black and white is me. And then the um, pink is um, my sponsor, whoever I do the inventory with. So I go through all of that and I ask myself, what lies am I believing? What truths am I omitting? How am I contributing? Where did I act? Where did I fail to act? I mean, it's a lot of information in there. I'm going to look at my dishonesty. I kind of told you my dishonesty at the beginning. Remember when I told you in parentheses, because I see it right away. So I write it down. Um, and then the biggest thing is the fear. And that's what I want to get to in this is the fear is the evil and corroding thread. And you know what? It runs through everything. And we get to that part in the big book and we flip down to it. I think it's and we flip to that section. And you know what I'm going to tell you about the fear? The fear is huge for me and I need to get down to the cause and condition. And it's the fear. It's not that I'm selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid. It's that I have a fear and the fear is going to keep me from being right with him and write with God and write with myself. So I do a lot of writing. Can you tell? Okay. So what's, what am I afraid of? I take this down a rabbit hole. This is how I was taught. You can look up Herb K. He's got some great, um, uh, information on the four step, but I said, I am afraid that I'm not needed. So then what, then he won't want to be with me. So then what I will be alone. So what? I'll be without companionship and without love and without a best friend. That's what it hit me because he's my buddy. We do everything together. I'll be all by myself. I'll just want to freaking give up and I'll want to get on with this useless life and just die. Woo, codependency. Don't worry, I'm an Al-Anon too. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was just one. So sometimes it goes down different threads. So sometimes I write more than one. I'm afraid that things are changing with us. The honeymoon is over. I told you 14 months that it's wearing off, that he's going to get bored with me, that he'll not want to be with me, that I'll have no value and purpose in his life. And I won't be able to help him. Ha ha. Note to self. I did inventory two weeks before this, that guess what? I need to keep my nose out of his freaking business. That's why I'm in another program. Cause I like to fix, manage and control people. Malanonic. Um, I won't be able to help him. I will be unnecessary. Wow, really? I think that about myself. 
and that I will be thrown out like the baby with the bathwater, right? Just throw me out. Um, so what's the purpose of living? Like, I just want to die. So all of this fear leads to death, dying, and, and that's my uncomfortability. Um, but then I got to look at, see, you know, like, okay, God, like, how do you want me to be? How do I want to show up? He's like, look, I'm helping you to redirect your attention and to help you advance and fit spiritual condition in this process. Let go of the fact that you're human. You desire to love and be loved. And I'm going to wrap up in just second aims. Um, let go of all my preferences. Dump them. Don't have any positionality. Um, don't resist. Just, just, just don't be resistance. And I'll tell you my secret to this. And my sponsor told it to me. Can I sit in a plane? Can I let the captain fly the plane? That's God, higher power, whatever you want to call it. Can I sit in the seat with my palms facing up, wiggling and jiggling, right? Wiggling and jiggling, not grabbing, not reaching, not talking, just wiggling and jiggling and allow myself to melt into the moment, into the atmosphere that exists before me. That's when I know I will be truly recovered <laughs> from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body um, and surrender deeply to God. That's what I need to surrender deeply. And doing this inventory, whether it's this personal inventory we just went over, there's a sex inventory that um, you can do or around relationships. Don't forget men and women. I had sex inventory on women too um, because I used and abused them as well. Um, but this inventory process just helps me to see my grosser handicaps. It helps me to see where I'm out. So if you go to the store and they're out of things, you know, they know they have that little gun that goes around, you know, and it zaps everything and then it refills the shelves. This is like, I'm zapping everything with my gun. I'm taking it to God. I got to fill my shelves up with goodness and light and love. And like, I can't go, I can go back into my office tomorrow with my boss, but I can just tell you, I can't look her in the eyes right now. And I definitely wouldn't want to be on a car ride with her for 12 hours to Pocono. But um, I will just say that doing this process saves my bacon. There is a right and wrong way to do it. And I've experienced that. So I'll speak to that last. I wrote 48 pages front and back of my life story. I read it to someone over a cup of hot tea for two days straight. It didn't do anything for me. My best suggestion is that you follow the guidelines just directly in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous with the help of your sponsor. That's why we do it with somebody. You don't have to go it alone. So with that, I will pass. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please uh, set the timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, um, we'll allow three minutes for that answer. Um, all righty. Um, let me see. All right. So, Kelly, do you want to start calling on people? Sure. Uh, Amy B., you're up. 
Thank you. Hi, Amy B. Compulsive Overeater, living gratefully in a recovered state today. Jen A., thank you so much for your service tonight. I actually wanted to ask you a question because the time does go so fast. So um, can it, can you expand a little bit on the sex conduct in, inventory specifically, whether you, uh, I just am curious whether you use it for like other harms as well, I guess. And that's the question. Yep, that's a good question. So the sex inventory and sex conduct, um, I I use it when it comes up um, in sex relations. So past boyfriends, um, I did have a coworker that it came up with, um, and I used to flirt, and he was interested in me. This is when I was single, and I would flirt back with him. And so um, it came up one time that I needed to go back and do an inventory on him. Um, even though we are just flirting and, and colleagues, um, but something later came up where he once worked in a different department and now he's working in the same department as me. Oy vey. Um, that gets a little like mixy, right? So um, I did this uh, sex inventory for that, but I think it's just basically, it's a deep, meaningful relationship that you had with somebody, a man, a woman, um, you know, it doesn't matter uh, what you, you know, how you identify it, just I think for me, a uh, sex relation is something that like, it's an, a very, very intimate connection that I had with somebody. And that could still be um, somebody uh, that I work with like that, even though I didn't, you know, have sex with them, I'm still flirting and, and using my God-given instincts. I'm just not using them appropriately, kind of what I said before. So thanks, Amy. Hi, Lita Compulsive Overeaters. There are no accidents. I was supposed to be on this meeting today. Jen, thank you so, so, so much for taking us through that inventory. I am Lita. I am a compulsive eater. And um, apparently all I am about through this weekend uh, with my sponsor and this morning with my sponsee is um, I'm living large on the top of 67. I am immersed in the sick man's prayer I somehow um, unwittingly, unknowingly, just because I'm so graceful about what I do, managed to uh, step up and uh, have a resentment this weekend and uh, went to make amends and discovered that it wasn't necessary, but called my sponsor immediately because I was once again in a pile of stuff that wasn't good at all. And uh, yeah, taken back to page 552, resentments, one of the very first pages I ever learned about in the book. And yeah, the sick man's prayer and that line, how can I be helpful and God save me from being angry because the angry thing is just not attractive. I know that it says in programs, we, 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 we practice love and we practice tolerance and we practice compassion. And there is absolutely no reference anywhere in this book that I have found so far that we reference sarcasm. Um, it seems to be the only other language in which I'm fluent. I work on the love and the tolerance and the compassion every day. And apparently for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to live in um, this advanced prayer. Thank you so much. Uh, Betty S from Florida. Hi, I'm Betty S, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Hi, hi, Jen. So great to see you. Sherry, welcome. Thank you guys for everybody for doing service for this great meeting. Fourth step. Oh, my God. Do we ever learn enough about the fourth step? 
I, I, my mind is totally open and taking it all in. I have a question for you. Your share was absolutely totally informative and 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 so honest and translucent. I I I really admire that. Thank you. And my question is: when you get to the fourth column, when you're working with somebody, um, if they don't see what they're where they've been wrong or what their mistakes were, their faults, and and you see it as a sponsor, how do you handle that? What, what do you do to help them see that? Yeah. Hi, Betty. It's so good to see you. <laughs> um, exact nature of our wrong. So I have a few little side notes that I jotted down. Um, this is what my sponsor helped me with because I literally did these one at a time every single week sitting across from him face to face because that's how I was sponsored. So what are the exact nature of our wrongs? Well, one, and hopefully if they prayed that sick man's prayer, like if, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the other part too. Like there, there's sometimes a shift for me in between the, the first part and the sick man's prayer. Cause I go, Oh, what was me? I just said all that. Like I call it the three bad shit, crazy columns because I get to see where I'm crazy. Right. But where was I wrong? So these are the things I say selfish. And I have in parentheses is my attitude. Like, what's my attitude? And um, how was I thinking about myself? What were my self-centered thoughts, motives, and attitudes? And what did I want from the situation? So those are kind of like the, the buzzwords that I use. Um, Self-seeking is the action or how I acted on my own behalf. That's in, in the parentheses. Um, and then what was what action did I take? Uh, what was my self-centered behavior? Um, and then um, the last one is dishonesty. So I said, what are the lie? This, what is the story? The lie that I'm telling myself? What am I omitting? What am I um, diluting? How am I misrepresenting reality? Fancied or real? That's always my sponsor sponsor's favorite one. And um, have I intended to mislead or manipulate? So I just kind of add those like little buzzwords in there to help. And I give, um, I give my sponsees that's kind of like a cheat sheet like that, that has all that information. So as they're doing it, they can go through and ask themselves, I will say this one thing. I had a sponsee once who couldn't figure it out the very beginning of program. So I wrote her inventory for her. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you guys, I wrote her inventory out. And then I sent it back to her and I said, does that look like what you feel like? Do you hear how crazy that is? I didn't know how to sponsor any different. This was the first time I didn't do it face to face. And then that didn't serve me so well. Obviously I was, I was doing her recovery for her, but then later, a few years later down the road, um, I was actually like telling my sponsees what to fill in the blank. No, it's none of my business. This book is meant to be suggestive only. I can suggest that they ask themselves these questions and they can look at it but I can't do the inventory. I can't write the inventory. They need to see what they need to see. And here's what I'll be really honest and say, if you're to this column and you can't come up with anything, yikes, time to go back. Maybe you're not really a compulsive overeater. Maybe you don't really have any resentment. Maybe there's nothing that you've done wrong. Maybe you're just here dieting for group support. I've sponsored a lot of people like that, where it's like we get to the fourth step and it's like, this doesn't work. So, but again, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but you do ask the question. So I'm just going to phrase it that way. If I have a horse in the race and want it more than the other person, and I'm having to help them fill it out or do it all the time, it's not good. 
Now my sponsees, I just shut my mouth and listen. I use the WAIT um, acronym. Why am I even talking? And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Uh, Nicole. Um, before we go to the next share, um, it is, uh, we're now going to stop the recording. Is that okay for folks who are, we're, okay, so 